This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. This is what defines us, that everything we do would go through the filter of connecting with each other, that we would begin to connect our relationships. We talked about three weeks ago how important the connections are, that we're connected to the Father, that we're connected to that life source, that we're connected to other people around us. We were made to be connected. And not only were we made to be connected with people, we were made to be plugged in and connected with the church. We were created for connections. And as a body of believers, as a body of Christ, a a place of ministry, if we were created to connect, who would we be to, to not do our very best to create opportunities for people to connect with God and with each other? And not only were we created to connect, but we also were designed to grow. We talked about last week very briefly the the Holy Spirit had his way, but I still give you the highlight reel of the message for last week that the the redwood trees grow ridiculously tall and their their roots do not grow deep at all, but they grow really wide and, and they grow together. The way that tree stands tall and stays standing is because it grows to another tree. They're literally connected. They're literally grown together. The roots have grown down deep. Colossians 2.7 tells us that as you grow down, you're built up and you're established, raised up. And so that's the way this works. We become rooted down into God. We become rooted down in the dirt, in the soil. That's where our life comes from. that's, That's the blood of Jesus, the life source from the Creator. And we grow, that's where we receive our nutrients, yet the roots continue to grow out and expand so that my roots are connected. And and as each root is connected to each other, we stand tall, we hold each other up. The way that a new redwood tree is a little bitty sprout would pop up right beside the giant one. And those roots from that sprout begin to grow down into the, the, the roots of the giant redwood. It's held up by the big brother tree. And as the word tells us, as we're to go and make disciples, we are supposed to be rooted down, build up, and established so that those disciples build their roots down into us and we hold them up. We've got to be rooted down into God and grown together. And so we've adopted that as a core value of our beliefs and what we are going to do our best to do is to create a place where people can grow where we're doing our best in every way, not just me, not the leadership team, everybody, and everywhere we go as a people. We're going to grow. We want to see people grow. One of the sessions that I was in in the training that I had some months back, it's a very hard concept to grasp for a lot of people. But he said, one of the greatest accomplishments for a leader Come here a second. Because I'm I'm leading. Follow me, sir. I'll try not to lead you astray. I need you to pick up this person right here. No, you're going to lead them. And so as a leader, they're following. But if I get to a point as a leader and you're a leader, this isn't about me. It's about us. As leaders, 
The most successful thing we could ever do is if I could ever mentor them and ever get them to a place that they go beyond where I can be, that I've accomplished the most, the, the most rewarding thing I ever could as a leader. It takes a lot of humility to understand that somebody needs to be better than you. The only way that happens is through growth. You can sit down, thank you. So as a people, we have to be creating opportunities. We have to be creating an environment and, and, and different activities and different ways of discipleship. Whatever we can do, we have to be creative. That is going to be another value. We, we've got to be creative in the way we do this. But who are we if we don't grow people? We are made to grow. We're supposed to be growing people. And then it brings us to the go. What good is it if we connect? What good is it if we develop? If it's for our own good. We're called to go. A passage of scripture, I want to read it to you again. Luke is writing to the early church. He says, therefore, when they come together, they ask him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know seasons, times or seasons which the Father has put his own authority. And I'll be honest with you. As a Pentecostal believing person, we're fast to quote Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, which is a very powerful verse of Scripture. But in the English language and even to the language that, can you put that back up, please, sir? To the language that it was written originally, we miss this little word. We'll quote Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What do you mean, but? What are we talking about? In order for that to make any sense whatsoever, we have to look before it. And so what's taking place is the disciples are saying, hey, Lord, is it time yet? Is it time yet when you restore the kingdom? Is it time yet when it happens? And he said, that's none of your business. But let me tell you what is your business. Because we will find ourselves sitting, and we've talked about it before when we talked about the kingdom coming to, to earth as it is in heaven. It, there, there's several different types of people. And we talked about those that sit back in the lazy boy, and they're just waiting. Lord, I wish you'd come. Lord, take me home. I'm ready to go, Lord. Lord, the, I can't wait till the day the Lord returns. I'm all for the celebration of that. I agree. But Jesus himself said, that's none of your business. But let me tell you what is your business. That, that don't matter. You don't need to know the seasons or the time. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to receive this power. You're going to receive this authority. That word power is actually interesting. The, the word power here is one variation of uh, dinamai. And there's another one that's dinamis. And dinamai is here power. It's authority. But dinamis, the other, is to be able or to be capable. You can. So he says, you will receive power. You will have the ability when you receive the Holy Spirit to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the age. So do you understand that verse 7, there won't answers. Lord, what is, is it time? Can we go? Is it time? Are you ready to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said, that don't even matter right now. You're missing the point. What matters is the Holy Spirit's coming. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you've got a purpose. You've got a plan. You have to go and be witnesses to my name. We miss the word but. I'm all for it. 
The power of the Holy Spirit is where the anointing flows. I'm all for it. But you can't take verse 8 till you take verse 7. You got to set yourself aside. We have to set our preferences, our personal desires. We have to set those things to the side and say, you know what? I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I am anointed. I've been baptized. I've got a purpose and a calling on my life to be a witness for the Lord. I'm sorry. It's exciting to me. So what are we doing? I did a little research. I heard a very humbling statistic yesterday. So I did a little research, and it was taken from 1993. To be honest with you, I think it's probably gotten worse, though. But in 1993, a study was done, and it was a group of people, and the the conclusion was that 95% of Christians has never won a soul to Jesus. My heart sank. And you know just as good as I do that in 2019, we're not the same church we were in 1993. And it's only, truthfully, the, the, the seasoned saints of God have only, they've either gone on to be with the Lord or the heart of the church has been lost in many places, not everywhere. So I don't believe that number, I believe it's probably more like 98%. That is scary. We have one purpose. You ever heard somebody say, you have one job? of Christians had never won somebody to Jesus. Another survey, they they surveyed 3,000 people. All of these people, it was like 5 out of 10 or something said, oh, yeah, it may have even been more than that, 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 oh, yeah, I'm a professing Jesus, I profess Jesus. 61% of those people said they failed to show their faith on a regular basis. Half of those people had not invited a non-Christian person to church in the last six months. church were failing miserably maybe not me and you maybe me and you the church of Jesus Christ is failing miserably for us to even admit that many people have never invited or never won somebody to Jesus he said The times and seasons don't matter to you. They're under the Lord's authority. You got one job. I'm going to equip you. I'm going to give you what you need. When you receive the Holy Spirit, the can, the can do is going to come with with that power. And your one job is to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the age. One job. When you study the three different locations that he, he give. What's interesting is, first of all, the church of Acts walked it out. You can walk through the, the book of Acts, and, and you look at the Acts of the Apostles. They, they were witnesses in Jerusalem. They went to Judea and Samaria, and then they went on to the ends of the age. Jerusalem was the home place. He said, be witnesses in the home place. Where you're at right now in your homes, in this this place, in this hometown, in this area that we're at, be witnesses for me right here. Focus on the people that are around you. Focus on the people that, that, that God's placed you right in the middle of. He said, and then once you have accomplished that, once you, uh, you've done that, he said, then move on. Judea and Samaria were the nation. They were the, that was the community, the bigger, widespread nation of where they were. He said, don't just keep it at home because that doesn't work. 
Step out of where you are. You, you work where I've planted you. you. You go and be my witnesses. I've given you the can do. Now be my witnesses. Be a witness to my name right there where you are. But after you've accomplished that, when that's been done and you, you're confident in that and you moved on, then you need to step out and start branching out the walls to the land where you've been placed. He said, but you know what? That's not even enough. Because beyond the nations of where I've placed you, you need to go all the way to the end of the earth. We got one job. We've got one purpose. What are we doing about it? Jesus said you receive power. So, maybe we think we're exempt from the mission. We can go into a deep theological conversation. We can talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and one day we'll get there. You can say, I've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have. I don't have this. That's not for me. Paul said to the church of Romans, he said, in chapter 8, verses 9 and 10, he said, but you're not in the flesh, but in spirit. If you indeed, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, say, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. If Christ is in you, the body is dead, but the spirit is life. Okay? If, he, if the spirit of him who has raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead, he also will give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. And one day we'll have a, a long, deep discussion about the difference between the indwelling and the baptizing of the Holy Spirit. In this conversation, it makes no difference. The point is, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior and you're a Jesus follower, if you're a disciple, you know that you're on your way to heaven, then you've got a purpose You've been given the Holy Spirit. You, you, maybe you've not been baptized. You've not received that extra oomph and that attaboy from the Holy Spirit, whatever. But the deal is, if the Holy Spirit lives within you, if you've received Jesus, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you've received the Holy Spirit and you have the can-do and you've been called to be a witness, not just right here at home. You're called to be a witness at home, but not just right here at home. All around us and even somehow, someway, we're supposed to extend and stretch to the ends of the earth. Nobody's exempt. It's part of loving Jesus. Why in the world, if I was saved, why, why in the world, if I was raised from, from the dead, why would I not want to give somebody else the opportunity? We got one job. We have no excuse. God's calling us to more. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is in our life so that we can go. God's calling us to go. You throw that second verse up there, second passage. You know this. 
But I think we need to be reminded. He said, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There's a period behind that. Because before any of the rest of the sentence matters, you've got to understand that all authority has been given to Jesus. In heaven, in the spiritual realm, principalities and darkness, the angels of heaven, all, everywhere in the heavens and on this earth, all authority belongs to Jesus. The same power that, that raised Jesus from the dead, the authority is now is within you. So he's been given all authority, and, and Paul just said the same power is now within us working through the Holy Spirit, right? You with me? So now you can go on. You can say, go therefore, but I really like the way that the New Living Translation flips it. And it says, since all the authority in, in, on heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. Therefore go. We don't have to, to fret. Are we going to face persecution? Are we going to face a brick wall? Sure. But all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus and now resides within us. Therefore, we must go. And we must go and make disciples of all nations. Not just the ones that look like us. Not just the ones that smell like us and talk like us. Not just the ones that, that got a clean mouth. Not just the ones that got it all together. The New Living Translation's got a little footnote where it says make disciples of all nations and it says of all people. Make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them because we're growing. We're going to grow. We're going to go and make the disciples. We're going to then connect with people that we otherwise would not have connected with. And once we've connected with them and once we've gone and we've made the connection, then we're going to begin to grow them, teaching them to observe all the things that he's commanded us. And we can do it walking in the courage of knowing he's with us always, even to the ends of the age. What are we doing? As I sat yesterday with a very, very small group of people, in a time of prayer. And the statistic was read that 95% of Christians have never won somebody to Jesus. What in the world have they done? That was the thought that came to me. You've not done that. You've been doing something else. If they've never won somebody to Jesus, what have they done? That's scary. Jesus, this, this is the great commission. This is the word Jesus gave the disciples. Later on, we read what we read in Acts where he said, you're going to receive power to go and be my witnesses. Because it don't matter about the times and seasons. That, that has nothing to do with anything. The point that you have to receive is that you're to receive power from the Holy Spirit to go and be my witnesses. We have one job. We done. I have a dream of this church touching 2,000 people in some way, shape, or form this year. 
we touched 850 people at our fall festival. So somehow, some way, I truly believe wholeheartedly that God is going to allow us to touch at least 2,000 people. Not money that we're sending to missions, that's something separate. I'm talking this body of believers would physically somehow, some way, shape, or form, would, would touch, have a connection with 2,000 people. We got some turkeys right before Christmas, right after Christmas, before the new year. Sand Hills Worship Center, the Church of God in Spring Lake, they give us some turkeys. I think it was like 16 or 18 frozen turkeys. They said, hey, we got these left over. You want them? I said, absolutely. I had no clue what we are going to do with them, but I figured it out. Sunnyside Elementary School, they promoted our fall festival, in case you didn't know. I thought that was the most awesome thing ever. On Facebook, they publicly shared our fall festival. It said the other end of Sapona Road. I've spoken with a social worker. I'm going to work out to get her 16 food boxes, and we're going to feed 16 families. I have no idea how many people are in those families, but I want to know because that's part of this 2,000 people that somehow, some way, shape, or form, you and I are going to show the love of Jesus to. we got to get creative. We've got to look for opportunities somehow to touch these people, but we're going to touch the people. We're going to go. We're going to do it. I, I have another dream, and hear me before you judge me. I have a dream of this congregation doubling by the end of 2019. It has nothing to do with the number of people that come in and sit on these pews. Nothing to do. The point is, if we go and we touch enough people, we connect with enough people. Pastor Amber's dream is that we win five unchurched families this year. Not people that come from another church, not people that, that are another church. Unchurched people. They've either fallen off and been out of church or, or either they're, they're not, never been in church. We at least win five of those families. It's not about filling the pews. The point is, is that we go, we connect with enough people, we develop, we grow enough people that this congregation doubles. We see the fruit of the labor, the oxygen going from our redwood tree leaves would win enough people that they begin to sprout right beside us and they grow down into this body. Pastor Jonathan has a dream that we give at least $5,000 to YWEA this year. The youth director come up joking, if you met him, you know, he'd put you on the spot. He walked up, he said, hey, what week of youth camp you working? And the same way he did that, he said, hey, you're giving $5,000 to YWEA? And the dude back there said, yes, sir. But here's the deal. We're not, I, I truly believe that it won't be 5,000. I believe it'll be 7,500. You think I'm crazy, but we probably already got $1,500 of it that's not come one dime out of the budget, out of the, the checking account of, of this church whatsoever. I'm pretty sure we've at least got $1,500 raised. We're gonna go. We're gonna connect with people and we're gonna see people grow and develop. can't do it by myself we can have all the dreams in the world that we sat around my kitchen table the other night and I'd love for you to see them one day I'm going to read them to you but 
You got to get in it. Brother Danny, would you come here? Please, sir. See, this is how it works. Rebecca, would you come play something soft, please? Sir, I've done my best to connect with you. I'm seeing you grow. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go get one person and bring back. Would you go get one from right there and bring back to this altar? While I'm connecting and growing, Justin, you connect and grow with Brian. Sir, I'm connecting with you. I'm growing you. And you two gentlemen, I want you to go go and get somebody from out there, okay? Come on, let's go. Family, we've connected and we're growing together. And now it's your job to go. Go get one person from out there. done our very best to connect with you to grow you and I commission you to go I need you to go get somebody from out there connected we've done our very best to create an opportunity for you to grow in who God's called you to be and I commission you to go and get until there's nobody else sitting there if there's nobody left you got to come back
I'm not crazy. You just doubled the congregation. All you got to do is go. I'm going to be your leader. I was looking for three faces that I hope out of the blue didn't know them from Adam until I met them the one time I was looking for them to walk through the door today. I believe they're going. There's a girl named Brittany at Taco Bell. If you go through the drive-thru and you meet Brittany, tell her that some crazy dude went through the drive-thru the other day and told her that she needs to come to church. Wednesday night, Pastor Jonathan, we're going through the drive-thru. I said, where do you go to church? And she told me, I said, do you really go to church? And I made it funny, but she said, not really. And I give her an invitation card, and I said, well, you need to come hang out with us. We're two of the crazy leaders, and we would love for you to come be with us. So simple, nothing hard. You ain't got to give them some theological explanation of why they should come. I'm not going to give them a theological explanation when they get here. All we're going to do is show them an encounter with Jesus and allow them to connect with their almighty creator. We've got to go, church. We're connected. Our roots are rooted down into the Father. Not so that 95% of us can stand here and 15 years from now say we never want anybody to Jesus. I personally don't believe that it's so we can stand here 12 months from now and 95% of us say that we haven't won anybody to Jesus. I think it should be our personal goal to win. Whether they ever walk through the doors of this church, that don't matter. Send them somewhere. Plug them in somewhere. I don't care if this is where they come. We want to connect. We want to grow these people. But it, it don't matter. It ain't about me. It ain't about you. It ain't about this church. If they like the Baptist Street up the church, better send them. Let them go. I mean, I'm just... It doesn't matter. You weren't called to grow this church. You're called to grow the kingdom. I'm not asking you to grow this church. If it takes us winning 200 people to see half this congregation again, to see 50 people come in, so be it. If 150 people of them go somewhere else and never show up, that's okay. You did your job as a witness of God to go and make a disciple. go church we gotta go I believe you've heard the heart of God this morning I really struggled to put it on paper I don't understand why I can make you do nothing but I'm telling you Revival is rising. There's been an awakening inside of us. Revival is rising. We are creating a place. Not me. Not Pastor Rebecca. We are creating a place of an atmosphere of worship where God can move and transform lives. I will stand right here and I will be your biggest worship leader. I, I will be your very, if you, I almost was jumping this morning. Look at me like I'm crazy, I don't care. I will be the biggest worshiper 
every Sunday morning. But until you agree with me that we're going to make this place a place of worship so that God could transform lives. And the going's really in vain because we can get them here, but if they get here and we're, we don't have the atmosphere set. We've got an anointed worship team. We're fixing to, I believe, hopefully, if we can all work it out, we're going to Clinton next month to, to do some worship, and I'll be preaching at Spirit of Life in Clinton. I would proudly pack them up and take them to the Winterfest stage if I could get on it. We have anointed worship. Each one of us are a part of setting the atmosphere. Part of our going in our Jerusalem is this house. Part of the serving, part of the going is right here. We're fixing to go to work. And we're fixing to start serving some people. We're fixing to get our hands dirty. But before we can go to Judea and Samaria outside these four walls, we better have the house ready at Jerusalem for them to come to. God is calling us for such a time as this you have been put into this family for such a time of this I have been put into this family we've got to connect we got to grow we better go would you pray with me Father I love you Holy Spirit, I thank you for the sweet presence we felt in this house. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your ministry. I thank you for touching our hearts, for transforming our lives. I thank you that nobody's going to walk out the door the same way they walked in. I believe you've touched every heart today. I believe you've moved in us. I believe you've instilled something inside of us. I believe you've sparked a new fire. God, we already had the fire of revival that was beginning to burn, God, but I believe something new has sparked. You've put something new inside of us that we're to go. We're to make disciples. We're to be your witnesses. As simple as it may be, if you just simply, God, we simply had an invitation to somebody and said, hey, come be with our crazy family at the church house. God, you called us to go. Lord, we hear your call today. We hear your plea. We've heard your heart. We felt your heart today. God, and as we do our very best to fulfill and to live up to the values that you've placed on us, God, the value of relationship, the value of discipleship and teaching, the value of being servants for who you are and witnesses to your name, these values that you've put before us, God, we are here today committing that we're going to do our very, very best to live up to the values of who we say we are. God, I pray in Jesus' name that we would not stand here 12 months from now and 95% of us be able to say we've not won somebody to Jesus. God, I pray that there be this something burning inside of us that it's, it's simply trying to make a connection. It's not about telling somebody this long, drawn-out story of who you are. God, if that be it, let us do it. God, but your love is so much bigger than that, and we just simply have to show your love. Open our mouth and say, hey, would you come with me? Do you love Jesus? 
God, and I believe under the can-do power of the Holy Spirit, if we open our mouth and we're witnesses to you, God, that you you will reward our efforts. God, as we've cast the three dreams this morning, Lord, those three of many dreams that that we can cast over the next several months, God, I pray that you bless them. God, we're bound together, believing, God, that we're going to touch over 2,000 people this year. Lord, that through the extended hand of serving you, through feeding people, through touching lives, through ministering to children, whatever it may be, God, Lord, we're going to touch 2,000 people in Jesus' name as a body of believers. God, believing that the fruits of our effort, Lord, would be this congregation doubled, not for the numbers, God, but simply fruit of our labor. As a healthy tree, we're known by our fruit, and I pray that our fruit be a fruit that is seen, God. God, as one one dream was, Lord, that our church would be a church that's known throughout this community. Not that we have a name because of something boastful that who we are, God, but that it would be known that you can come and you can have an encounter with you, Lord. God, as we extend out to the far ends, Father, I pray that you would bless us, God, as we attempt to to meet this dream, God, as you bless and pour out, God, that we would exceed the number that we've set for our YWEA Church of God World Missions. Father, I pray that you bless our efforts. We believe, God, that you're going to allow us to accomplish these things. Lord, but we know that it starts within each one of us. God, I pray that you put a burning desire inside of us as this fast has brought us to this place where we stand around this altar. Lord, hearing your heart, hearing your heart for this body, hearing your desire for each one of us, God, I pray that we accept it, that we accept the challenge. Lord, we understand today that we were given your Holy Spirit only to go and be disciples witnessing for you all over. Give us courage. Give us boldness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Would you worship the Lord for just a minute? Tell him how good he is. Father, I praise your name. Hallelujah. I worship you, God. I praise you. Jesus, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your ministry, for touching our hearts, for ministering to us, for putting a challenge on our lips. Father, I thank you for dreams. I thank you for visions. I thank you for goals, Father. I thank you for the ability to achieve the goals and dreams that you set forth before us. Father, I pray that as we go out of here, in Jesus' name, we walk out with you on our heart. Father, with the purpose of connecting people to you, connecting with each other, growing people into to who you are, and growing people into relationships with each other. God, and first and foremost, Lord, we go and find the people. Help us, Jesus. Bless us, God. Lord, as we go, I pray that you keep us, that you bring us back again. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you so, so much for working with me this morning and grabbing somebody's hand.